turn to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 4. We are going to be looking at Acts chapter 4 tonight, and we are going to be talking about encouragement. Now, is there ever any time in your life that you need encouragement? It happens quite often, doesn't it? Now, it seems, and uh, maybe maybe you've experienced something different, but it seems that as you go through life, you find a lot more critics than you find those that encourage. Have you experienced that? There's always a lot more critics than those that encourage. And uh, in our the Teen Boys Sunday School class this morning, one uh, going over what manhood is, real manhood, godly manhood, and it says that uh, they brought up the point that a man is somebody who creates and cultivates, and that somebody that is not a, a god godly man is um, always criticizing someone else. Easy, quick to criticize, but never has any solutions. And so uh, that goes along with, with this, that you find... Me- a lot more critics than you find those that encourage. So in Acts chapter 4, we're going to be looking at the very last part of this chapter. And uh, we have, on Wednesday nights with the teens, we have been going through the book of Acts. And this is something that has, has kind of popped out to me as we've been going through the book of Acts of the importance of encouragement. And so we see here in Acts chapter 4... Um, And we'll begin reading in verse 33. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them. Nor was there any one among them who lacked, for all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold, and laid them at the apostles' feet, and they distributed to each as anyone had need. And Joseph, who was also named Barnabas, by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Before we go any further tonight, let's just stop and and seek God's blessing. Lord, as, as we come and look to your word, we ask that your spirit would guide us. Lord, I thank you for the encouragement that your word gives. I thank you for the challenge that we find there as well, that it shows us who we are. It shows us our sinfulness, and it also shows us how great of a Savior you are. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity that we have to open your word and, and look to it, to see your heart, to see how you, how you work in lives. Lord, may we be challenged through your word, but Lord, may we also follow through and obey the promptings of your spirit. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, we see here the man called Barnabas, and, and what a tremendous thing. It says that his, his name means son of encouragement. What a way to be known by, son of encouragement. Uh, I don't know if this is a true story or not, but uh, a story is told of a guy who went to a used car dealership, and he walked in, and, and a salesman approached him, and, and he looked at him, and he says, I just have a question for you. Are you the the salesman that sold me this car here? And the the salesman looked at looked at the gentleman closely. Then he went and looked at the car and he said, "Yeah, I I I think I remember selling you this car." 
And the, the man said, good, I'm glad to hear that. He said, could you remind me again how wonderful this car is because I can't seem to remember it at this time. Now, we're in need of, of, of encouragement, of, and you've probably been there, of somebody trying to sell you something, and they make it sound way better than it actually is. But Barnabas was known as a son of encouragement. The word encouragement means coming alongside, coming to the aid of someone. And it's the idea of standing next to them and helping them along. Um, in thinking about that, what came to my mind was this past winter was really the first year that, that Emery and Cora were able to go ice skating before we would pull them on sleds and stuff like this. But we had skates that, that fit them this year. Now, so they're starting out ice skating, and what would happen is I would have to encourage them. I had to come alongside of them and hold hold them up so that they didn't fall. So I would be right behind them, holding them up most of the time, because if you've ever tried ice skating, it can be difficult, and going right behind them, holding them up. And that's the idea of the word encouragement here. It's coming alongside, helping them in the process. So we want to start out by looking at a couple examples of those who encouraged, of encouragement. Well, first of all, we see in this passage Barnabas, known as the son of encouragement. And every time Barnabas appears here in Acts, he is always encouraging someone. He is always encouraging. He's always stepping up. And the first time he is mentioned here, what is Barnabas doing? It says, and many others were doing it as well. They, the, the church was new. They were gathering together. And they said, as anyone had need, they sold possessions to take care of the needs that were there. In chapter 5, and, and we won't read into that, but, but in chapter 5 we read the story of Ananias and Sapphira. And that gives you kind of an idea of what, what it was leading into. Here we see the example of Barnabas, how he sold his land and gave it to help encourage to come to the aid of the fellow believers. You also then see later Ananias and Sapphira that, yes, they sold their land, but they wanted to appear like they gave it all when actually they only gave a part of it. So Barnabas was always one to encourage. He sold a piece of land to provide for needs. Um, later on, we see that he was the first one who truly befriended Paul when the church was not willing to receive Paul because he had been uh, persecuting the church. Barnabas was the one who came alongside of him. And then because he knew Paul, because he uh, came alongside and accepted him, he was also the one that then brought him into the church. Uh, as you know, there was much persecution going on at the time, and they were all aware of who Paul or Saul was. And so they were not willing to receive him into the church body, thinking it was some kind of plan that he had worked up to, to get to know all of them, to arrest them. But Barnabas came alongside of him and encouraged him. But then we also see that Barnabas um, spoke and uh, worked with John Mark, and that he came alongside, and when Paul was, was done with him, Barnabas stepped up and, and said, nope, 
I, I still see the importance of John Mark here, and he was willing to work with him. So every time Barnabas appears in the New Testament, he is always encouraging someone. Now, that right there, if we just stop there, what a way to be known. Can you imagine if, if someone uh, was talking and they brought your name up and they said, do you know so-and-so? Yes, I know them. What's the first thing that comes to mind when you think of that person? They're always encouraging. They're always coming alongside helping people. Now, are we known as believers who are constantly encouraging others? So our first example we see is the life of Barnabas. But then we also see that encouragement was very important to Paul, not only in his development, but also in his working with the early church, with the early believers. Um, Even after Paul was almost stoned to death in Acts chapter 14 in Lystra, he chose to return to that same area he had been stoned, and it says that he encouraged the believers there. So it wasn't just about his own well-being, and yeah, he appreciated Barnabas coming alongside and encouraging him in time of need, but Paul also saw the importance of this, that even putting his life on the line to come and to strengthen the believers. When he was, um, when he was a captor and, a fellow, pri- and fellow prisoners were um, afraid of a storm at sea, and they lifted up their spirits by telling... Paul lifted their spirits by telling them that God has had promised their survival. And we see that in Acts chapter 28, that he encouraged them in their in the midst of their turmoil. Um, So this this was a common theme as you read through Paul's life that uh, we just as a teen group, we just read Acts chapter 20. And in verse two, it says that he encouraged them. So you see this constantly going on throughout the early church, throughout the book of Acts, that they were encouraging one another. They were coming alongside. They were strengthening them. But then we also look at the example, of course, of Jesus. And Jesus was uh, encouraging, always encouraging the ones who had been cast to the side by others. We see of the, the blind beggar, Bartimaeus. And how Jesus stopped and had time for him, took time to heal him. We see that in Mark chapter 10. That he, he took time out of his very busy schedule to minister to encourage Bartimaeus. We also see Jesus um, when the woman was caught in adultery um, and was going to be stoned. But Jesus intervened and exposed the hypocrisy of her accuser. And instead of condemning her to death and a life of shame, what did he say? He encouraged her. He challenged her to give up her sinfulness. So it wasn't just uh, this idea of, oh, you're you're wonderful. You're great. Okay, go on your way. He stopped what was happening and he said, go on your way and sin no more. In John chapter eight, we see this. So the importance of encouragement, and I I challenge you to, in your Bible reading, be looking for these times, Old Testament, New Testament, of when either they were in need of encouragement and they found it, or that they encouraged others. The uh, story is told of the the famous coach, John Wooden, the the best, best coach, basketball coach of all time, 
that he would always instruct his players that whenever they made a basket, they were uh, supposed to either smile or give a nod or point or do something to acknowledge the person that passed them the ball. And uh, one one season, as the season was beginning, he was going over this again with his team, and a new player said, but coach, what if, what if the player who passed me the ball isn't looking, you know, when I go to acknowledge him? And Coach Wooden looked at him and said, don't worry, he'll be looking. Because we all need and we all desire encouragement and affirmation and acknowledgement and uh, how, how true that that is. So every one of us need encouragement. And maybe tonight you're already sitting here thinking, man, right now I need somebody to be a Barnabas in my life. I'm needing encouragement. I'm feeling, I'm feeling down. But encouragement comes through seeing victories. Encouragement comes through seeing victories. Nothing rallies the troops more than seeing victory. Uh, we're just getting into March Madness. Today they were, were doing the bracket for March Madness for the college basketball tournament. And it's always fun watching how a victory can rally a team. A guy uh, hit, hitting a three-pointer when the team is behind has a way of rallying the team, has a way of encouraging the team. When they thought they were behind, they see a teammate make a big play, step up. And what happens? The rest of the team rallies behind that and is able to keep on fighting. And nothing encourages us more than seeing victories that God gives. As we mentioned this morning, that's part of the importance of reading the word of God. Hey, look at all these victories that God did through his word. Look at all these victories. And then hopefully we can look at our life and say, you know what? I see victory here over this sin. I see where God worked in this way. And as we do, don't just keep those to yourself, but be willing to encourage others. Be willing to share those victories with others so that they can uh, be strengthened to continue to do God's will. But encouragement also comes by living for that which can never be taken away. Living for eternity, seeing the big picture. So this that maybe I'm discouraged about right now, how does that fit in the big picture of eternity? Am I placing the importance on that which can never be taken away? Or am I focusing on the trivial things of this life? As we live for eternity, it encourages us to keep doing what is right. It's, it's like a, a strengthening hand coming alongside of us. So living for that which cannot be taken away brings great encouragement. But encouragement also comes through growth. Now, how many of, uh, of you that garden have already been thinking about getting out and uh, planting stuff in your garden? A few hands going up. Uh, it's, been, it's been so warm that... Uh, it's right around the corner and it's that time of the year where, where you're just eager to get outside and do something. Now, before long, we will be uh, going out if you plant a garden and you will be tilling it up, putting the seed in the ground, and hopefully there is going to be growth. Now, it's always exciting to see 
those plants starting to shoot up out of the ground, isn't it? Um, here in Iowa, we get to see, as you're driving along the highways, you can always see the corn and the beans starting to grow. And it's always a nice, a nice sight because you're seeing growth. Uh, if you planted and nothing ever grew this year, I think it would be safe to say that you would be discouraged. You would be disappointed. You would be saying, what is wrong? What did we do wrong? Uh, if that happened the next year, you would say, we need to seek some help. Something's wrong with our ground. We're doing something wrong. If that was a trend, you would either find a solution or you would probably give up gardening. Growth is something that encourages us to keep going, seeing how areas of our life that, hey, I used to struggle with this area, but now I'm, I'm seeing growth. I'm seeing fruit. Hopefully later on in this year, you'll be able to go out to your garden and, and see some of the produce from the growth that has taken place. So once again, as you see God working in your life and you see, hey, here's some areas that God is growing me. Be willing to share those with others. Be willing to stop and say, hey, I just want to share with you what God is doing in my life. That is such an encouragement to hear how God is working in others' lives. Uh, too often we think, oh, I'm the only one going through this, or I'm the only one battling this. But hearing how God is working is great encouragement. So encouragement comes through seeing growth. But encouragement also causes us to stand firm in the faith. Just as, uh, as Barnabas came alongside John Mark, who are we coming alongside to encourage them to stand firm. Maybe, maybe they're not uh, to the point of falling off. Maybe they're not to the point of, of turning away from Christ. But why wait till that point to encourage them? Why not encourage sooner? Why not come alongside and, and as we said with the illustration of, of ice skating, of, of coming and supporting them? We all acknowledge that we're in need of people to encourage us in the Lord, to strengthen us, to uplift or exhort. Are we doing that in others? But then we also need to encourage others in love. In Ephesians 4 and verse 15, it says, But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Speaking the truth in love what does it do? It causes growth in all things. So it causes us to, to grow. Speaking the truth in love. So it's not just, it's not correction. It's not, um, it's not anything else. Coming alongside and encouraging. Doing it in love. Doing it out of a heart that desires to see them grow. But then in Ephesians 2 and verse 10, we also see encouragement ought to lead to good works. Ephesians 2 says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So it's leading to good works. It's leading us to the point of being able to do good, not for our glory, but for the glory of God. So are we, lead, are we leading others? Are we encouraging them to do good works? And then in Hebrews chapter 10, we see 
it says that uh, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves um, as a matter of some, but exhorting one another or encouraging one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. This time that we gather together is not just to come and sing a few songs and, and, and hear the preaching, although that is important, but we gather together to uplift one another, to exhort one another, to encourage one another. And that's so even after we are done here, your work here at church is not done. You ought to be looking for ways. Hey, who is there tonight that I can encourage? Who is there that I can say a word to, to try to help them to continue fighting the good fight? So by our regular fellowship, we ought to be encouraging one another. So as you come to church, don't be thinking, boy, I hope somebody takes time to stop and, and tell me an encouraging word. Don't focus on yourself. Look, who is it that I can, who can, I can minister to? And if somebody does come and, and say something, don't look at it as, well, I must, I must look like I'm really struggling, that I need an encouraging word. No, because we all, we all need it. We all need it. Encouragement can be as simple as just listening. There's sometimes you don't need to say anything. There's sometimes that you can minister by just listening. Maybe, maybe going and visiting one of our, uh, one of the widows who are not able to come to church. You know what? You can minister and encourage them by listening to them. I was going to say we all can listen, but I don't know if that's, that's true. Sometimes it's hard to listen, isn't it? Sometimes we, we feel like we need to say something. We need to. But just remembering, all I have to do is sit here, keep my mouth shut, and pay attention. It's pretty simple, but it's an easy way that we can encourage others. Listening to them and actually caring. Here's something I think we all can do. You can encourage others by smiling. Now, I don't mean just smiling all the time, because if you do nothing but smiling, people may think something's wrong with you. But even as you're going through the store, instead of instead of just going down the aisles and head down focused, look up and just smile at people. Just say, how are you doing today? You know what? Something that simple can be a great encouragement. You know what? Somebody actually stopped and, and asked how I was doing. Encouraging others means dying to self. It means dying to self. And I think this is why we have such a hard time of it. Because if I am going to uplift somebody else, if I'm going to minister to somebody else, that means my focus has to be off me. I have to be looking how can I minister here? Is it saying a kind word? Is it listening? Is it doing an action for them? So it means getting our focus off of ourselves, dying to self. And in Romans 12, it tells us that we should rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. But then encouragement also leads to love and good works. Uh, back in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 24 and 25. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. 
So it ought to lead to love and good works. And then lastly, encouragement comes when we have, when we focus on the sure hope of Christ's second coming of heaven. When that is our focus, the things of this life don't matter quite as much. Yes, there's important things, but when my focus is on eternity, when my focus is on Christ coming, it encourages me, hey, I don't know if I have another week, if I have another month, if I have another year, but I'm going to continue doing what is right. So think, how has someone encouraged you over your life? How have they come alongside you? How has that impacted your life? And then how or who have you come alongside and impacted their life for the cause of Christ? Who are you willing to come alongside? Who are you willing to uh, go out of your way to encourage them? We're all in need of it in one way or another. But are we willing, first of all, to die to self and be the Barnabas to someone else? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you, first of all, that you have given your Holy Spirit to comfort and uh, with the idea of encouraging uh, that that Your Holy Spirit was given to help guide us, to help direct us in truth. Thank you for that. Thank you for the perfect guidance of the Spirit. Lord, help us to rely upon that tonight even as we uh, talk with one another, that we would follow the Spirit's leading um, and that we would go out of our way to strengthen each other in you. Lord, I thank you for this body of believers that you have given I thank you for each one here tonight, and I pray that you would help us to to know you more and more each day, that our love for you would grow, and that our faith in you would grow as well. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.